What can a game guru recommend for somebody who's playing alone? My name's Jonathan, I'm one of the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. It's the last Tuesday of the month, which means it's time for Guru Voodoo, and this week, we're going to put together some recommendation for groups of one. Solitaire isn't just for computer games. Welcome back to the show, everyone, and welcome back, Steve Tassie. Hello. And welcome back, Maddie McLean. Howdy. Thanks for being here, folks. So, uh, did you guys ever play solitaire games when you were younger? Games by yourself? Yeah, I, I played solitaire. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd say that's a fairly regular thing that happened as yeah, we were young. Yeah, I, I think most people find themselves with some free time and nobody else around. And so, what about more uh, like board gamey type things? Did you have any of those that you could play solitaire? I was more of a video games kid. There was never really any one-player board games that I remember growing up, but... See, Maddie is younger than both Steve and myself by a considerable margin. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, I never so much spent time solo playing board games as I did spend a lot of time by myself preparing to play Dungeons & Dragons. Mm. I spent a lot of time... Just building dungeons and designing traps that would foil my my friends. But I didn't play any solo board games. Solo board games were a big deal for me. There was there was a, there was a solitaire D&D module that you could play that had that, that red plastic reader thing and sections of it that were with that blue type, so you had to mm-hmm. put the reader over it to be able to read it. That was a huge thing for me. I loved the fighting fantasy game books, which were like choose-your-own-adventure books where you'd also roll dice and have stats and fight monsters and stuff, collect treasure. Um, solitaire games were a huge thing for me, not least of which because I was a bit socially awkward, but, um, because electronic games hadn't really come into their own by that point. And these days, of course, if you want to play a game by yourself, we've got apps for that. Yeah. We've got consoles for that. We've got PC games for that. We've got a whole industry for that that dwarfs the board game industry still. Yeah. So I I have a phone in my pocket that prevents (laughs) me from ever having to play a board game solo. And I think it's like that for most people these days. There, there, is, there isn't a lot of interest in playing a tabletop solitaire game. I think I've had like the desire to play a single-player board game maybe once or twice. Mm. And both times it was freedom. So, <laughs> how about Good you, game. Uh, I have played, in my, in my adult years, I have played games by myself. Um, primarily, though, what I'm doing is giving games a dry run so that I am ready to teach them to my friends when it's time to play or now uh, teach them at work. Right, so you, um, I do that too sometimes. I'll actually set up like a three or four player game where I play as all yeah. three or four of the players. Yeah. I've done that too. Myself. Every once in a while, like I have I've played uh, Lahav by myself once uh, just to see how it went and I didn't feel like I was really getting anything out of the experience. Mm. Um, so solo stuff is not really my my bag. I've actually enjoyed some of the solo board games that I've played. Mage Knight, in particular, has been quite interesting as a solitaire experience. We'll get back to those later. Do you ever get requests for solitaire games at the cafe? Occasionally. Yeah, very, very, very irregularly, but every now and then. I only ever work nights, so that's probably the reason why I never get those. Yeah, it's usually someone who's uh, killing time before the rest of their party arrives, or uh, they're flying out of the island airport and they have a few hours to kill before they've got to get down there. Uh, so they're looking for something to do. Sure, pass the time. And I guess uh, either they're not as interested in the electronic games they have on their phones, 
or they're at Snakes and Lattes. So like, oh, well, sure. What have you got? Yeah. yeah. Do you think that, um, actually, we're going to come back to this later after we've gone through some of these, but are electronic games just better suited for solitaire play than board games? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Just as a medium. Yeah, I, I think that the, the AI that can be the opponent's is, dicks. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's more of a challenge than um, any sort of board game can create through its own innate mechanics. Because before the rise of electronic entertainment, a lot of board games, especially hobby board games, war games, and so on, these hex encounter sort of simulations, would have a solitaire mode. Yes. You could play when nobody else was around. And a lot of the earliest electronic games were, in fact, implementations of these war games. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, it's, it's an interesting thing because solitaire was considered something that was, well, it was, it was a stopgap. It was something you could do when there was nobody else around, but otherwise you wouldn't bother with it. The designers knew that we were nerds and couldn't always find someone to play with. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. When electronic games came in, solitaire was the default. It wasn't like something that you would play just because there was nobody else around and it was all that was available. It was what you expected. And, and even to this day, most electronic games are solitaire in nature. And that is the default. It's, it's kind of interesting to me the way that that sort of uh, sort of turned out. Depends on the console that you're using. I suppose the, the, the Wii really kind of brought the couch co-op back yeah. into the mainstream with its play. Nintendo's very good at that. They they, they love the social stuff. Yeah, I follow I follow Nintendo. I follow video games very closely to this day because they're they've always been a big part of my heart and entertainment. So we're going to have to do another episode talking about video games. Oh my god, yes. Games. So supposing you've got to that point, all right, we are in fact going to play a solitaire game. There's a few ways you can do that. One of the easiest ones is to play a straight co-op game. Obviously, something that has a traitor like Shadows of a Camelot, that's not going to work. Something with hidden information like Hanabi, that's not going to work. Something Pandemic that, works fine, though. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and you can play as a single player, or you can play as though you were several players at once. If, if you're going to recommend, if somebody wants to play Pandemic Solitaire, hmm. do you think they're better off just being one character, or do you think they should play as multiple characters? They should play as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you need to have that, you need to at least have the trading mechanic, and you, you, the, oh. having the two hands makes a difference. And the variety of special abilities will uh, will also make the game possible to mm-hmm. to beat it. You can't I don't think you can really win pandemic except maybe on easy mode unless you have a variety of skills represented on the board. You think that applies more generally across uh, co-op games? Yeah, probably. It... I as I like, said What about Flashpoint? If you're going to play Flashpoint solitaire, can you manage that with just one? Um I've never done it, so I, I, I don't know, but I imagine probably not. Again, uh, maybe the family version of Flashpoint, but once you've added the roles, I think they each add something significant enough that it helps you overcome the extra challenges that the advanced mode adds, the, the hazmat and, and so forth. Right. I'd say, in my opinion, the one exception would be freedom, is because you have to worry so much about everything in that game. And that when you add extra people, the difficulty scales up considerably. So Freedom, I think it goes as low as two players. So no, you, it goes to one. No, it, there's yeah, a, there's it, a specific it is one. designed uh, to be Eight. a one-player game. And I think that's why you can play it one player, because they, they thought of that. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that on the box and for it's still Pandemic <laughs> or, or Flashpoint or the Forbidden series, it doesn't say one, two, blank. It says two. It is designed to be a co-op for multiple people. Therefore, I think if you're going to play it by yourself, 
you're doing yourself a favor by playing as multiple people. So mm-hmm. if you're going to play Freedom, then, if you're going to play Freedom in the Underground Railroad, do you think it's more enjoyable to actually play as a single character or to have a couple of characters? Despite, I mean, it's possible to play with one because they've designed it that way, but how would you rather play it? I would... And how would you recommend That's hard to it? Say. I, at this point, I would say it's probably better to just have the one role with the one ability because the more people you add to that game... If you're playing the one-person campaign, you obviously don't want two people right. because that would make the game a little bit too easy. Although easy is a relative turn in that game. It's yeah. just not. It's not. I think uh, given the complexity of it, I'd probably recommend it. If somebody's going to play it solitaire, they just go with the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you have uh, that. These are all sort of puzzle style co-op games where there's fires to put out and things to deal with. There's another style of co-op game, more role-playing game type things. Things like Arkham Horror, Eldritch Horror, Mice and Mystics, Castle Ravenloft, Sentinels of the Multiverse, Agents of Smirsh. If you're going to play one of those, do you think you're better off playing as a single adventurer, a single hero, or do you want to play the role of several characters going in? Well, in games like Arkham and Eldritch, I believe, even if you are playing alone, you still have to play with multiple people. Uh, If I'm not Arkham, you can go single. You can go single. Mice and Mystics, you have to play as four. Um... Sentinels? Sentinels recommends uh, that you play multiple people if you're playing it solo. Um, Ravenloft plays solo, though. Yeah. And yeah, the, 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 the D&D, D&D adventure system can games. play solo. Um, in fact, if the um, when you're playing the Sentinels app, the minimum is three heroes. Hmm. But, that, but the Sentinels app is a solo game. Yes, yes, it is. It is a... You play it by yourself as the team of heroes. You can play with three, four, or five, but you can't play with two or one. Is it fun? Yeah, I love it. Hmm. All right, uh, so there's a solitary game that's working. In, in fact, uh, the Sentinels app is the only time I've lost Sentinels of Multiverse. I have <laughs> huh. never lost that game playing it uh, as a real game with fellow teammates. Hmm. Um, but the, uh, the app has kicked my butt several times, uh, <laughs> although now I'm... I've gotten the hang of how to deal with Citizen Dawn. Oh, she's <laughs> nasty. She's not nice. So powerful. Okay. So then you have your real-time ones like Space Alert and Escape Curse of the Temple. How would you, how would you expect those to turn out solitaire? Would you recommend one of those? I don't know. I love Escape. Like, Escape's probably in my top. It might actually be my favorite game. Would you play it by yourself? No. Yeah, I don't think you can just because of the locking dice mechanism. Exactly. It, it becomes too... It's too well, possible to crystals. just go. Yeah, you've got the crystals, but you get to do that once and <laughs> twice. But uh, I think I, the, the most more... important thing is you miss the social element. The big parts of Space Alert and yes. uh, and Escape is the shared sense of panic. Yeah, it'd be like playing Tales of the Arabian Nights solo. You could do it, but there's not that. Why not just read a book? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. There's not that same sense of reading stuff to each other and finding out what what's happening to you. couple more ways you can play solo games. Competitive games that have a solitaire mode, where you're trying to score as many points as possible. You mentioned La Havre yep. earlier on. All of Uwe Rosenberg's games in that series, Agricola, Caverna, they have those. Um, you didn't really care for that one. No, um, but that's, that's just me. Uh, we have a customer uh, at the cafe who's a regular. He and a group of other people are there every couple of Mondays. Uh, and he usually shows up about an hour before everybody else, and he will play Lahav solo. And he, just trying to beat his own high score. Yeah, and that that works for him, and you know, great. To me, board games aren't a solo experience. Mm-hmm. To me, the whole point of board games is the social aspect. Um, 
for me, apps, when I, when I play a game, a board game on my phone or my iPad, I'm either playing live against another person uh, or I'm playing against the game itself, but I'm doing it because I'm killing time. Mm. You know, I'm doing, yeah, it's a fun way to kill time, but it's not my preferred way to play games. You're going to take the trouble to set up a board and cards on a table. Yeah. You want people. I want to share people with. around there. I want, I want the eye contact. I want the laughing. I want the backstabbing. Uh, and you want to show off also what you made on the board. That's, there's also that. Show offery is an important part. There's, um, the thing is, there's a couple of ways you can do this. There are the ones where you're just trying to score as many points as possible. And then there are ones that just have a straight-up win-lose sort of thing. Either you fail or you don't. Something, something like Legendary Encounters, the alien deck-building game will have that. Or Marvel Legendary. Suburbia, which is a big favorite of yours, as I recall. Did you ever play against Dale the Bot? I have never played Suburbia solo. Any I would never play would, against Dale? It would... It's never even occurred to me. <laughs> I'll be honest. I would... I just... I don't think I would enjoy it. Just not a thing. No. There's, uh, there's one game that I've, I mentioned Mage Knight earlier on. This is a game that's ludicrously complicated, and I actually get to create a little kingdom out on my table and explore it on my own. I get to find a monastery and pray there with the monks and learn new skills or burn the place to the ground and steal their artifacts. Uh, I can build up my reputation by fighting rampaging monsters, or I can tank my reputation by being horrible to townsfolk. I can really sort of create a little solo story. It almost feels like creating a computer role-playing game mm -hmm. in some ways. Sounds like Fable. <laughs> and in some ways, I guess it is, except it's it's on my tabletop and it's played, it's done using analog sort of forms, and I've actually quite enjoyed it. But it's clearly not for everyone. And this, I guess, is a similar sort of experience you'd get from playing Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Um, you're trying to solve a mystery. Here it is in the book. Can you figure it out? Are you smarter than Sherlock? But the uh, answer is no. <laughs> yeah, generally speaking, yeah. it's the social element of playing that with friends, where you're all sort of working together to solve it, is just so much more appealing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost like there's no point in doing that. And then there are games that are designed exclusively to play solo. You guys ever played Friday? I have seen not. it on the shelf. We have that one at the cafe. I've never learned how to play it. You're stranded on a desert island, and you have to try to find a way to... You're actually not stranded on the island. You're, oh. you're Friday. Oh, okay. In a game. I haven't learned how to play it, but I, I know a little bit about it. You are Robinson Crusoe's man Friday. You're, you're his, his local friend. Uh, who lives on the island and knows the ways of the island, and your job is to keep Crusoe alive. Hmm. The game will present hmm. certain situations to you, uh, and if he ever dies, you fail the game. If you get him through a certain number of situations, then you win. Yay! Would you recommend this sort of game? Um, I, I have recommended it to people who are looking for a solo, uh, not because I have any particular faith in the game I, as I say I haven't played it so I don't know if it's if it's fun if it's good but when people ask do you have any solo games it's that or I go to our collection of think fun puzzle games sure so like rush hour though. rush hour and and uh, the one with the frogs sure hoppers <laughs> hoppers I think it's called and they've got a, a, a more recent one out um, which is basically cat the the solo game yeah the it's, laser it's, puzzle it's a laser puzzle game where you've got mirrors and a, and a little laser generating piece and the game will tell you where you put your starting pieces and it will tell you how many pieces you have to then add and you have to figure out how to add them and where to put them so that the laser makes it all the way to the target uh so it's it, you know it's rush hour but with lasers <laughs> 
Well, it's a strange thing. Usually in Guru Voodoo, what happens is we get a group of people and we try to recommend board games to suit them. It looks like in this particular case, though, and for most people at least, the best we can recommend is the iTunes store <laughs> or your PC or your game console. Strange sort of thing, but uh, looks like that's where the action's at if you want to play by yourself. Well, that wraps it up for this week. If you've got an unusual group of players with a mix of different tastes and you'd like to see the gurus do some recommendation voodoo, poke us on our Facebook page or tweet it to us at SnakesCast. We're always up for a challenge and we'd love to hear from you. Steve, Maddie, it's always a pleasure. Thanks. The SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next week, everyone.